handoff to Jonathan oh. Taylor. Hughes hole. He's at the 30. He's going to go. 10, 5, touchdown. Jonathan Taylor made a man miss the line of scrimmage and then runs it into Pater. And a one-handed INT. Are you kidding me? Kenny Moore. What a play by Naheem Hines. What's going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Bring the Juice Colts podcast. I got Destin back here again, and this time we're going to start talking about the corners. Uh, a lot of people have mentioned, you know, corner as being a option for the Colts this year. I mean, it's a matter of, you know, we, are we thinking about bringing Xavier Rhodes back? Are we thinking about bringing TJ Carey back? And all of these things. You know, everything's still in motion. We're, we're wondering whether or not any of these guys are going to get re-signed. Um, from what it sounds like, uh, TJ Carey will most likely be back, but there's still questions about uh, Xavier Rhodes. But nevertheless, we, we do believe the corner is something that the Colts need to look to try to upgrade this offseason because, you know, I think Destin and I are both in agreement that going into this next season with Rocky Sin as the number one corner again, Probably isn't the best look for Indianapolis right now. All depends on what Marvell Tell shows when he comes back. But I wanted to throw this hypothetical trade at you first here, Dustin. I think it's interesting. So we know that this other team that I'm talking about is in major cap trouble. Okay. This team needs to start looking at different options to be able to afford to bring in new guys. And they're restructuring a ton of deals. Not sure how much they're going to be willing to pay this guy when all is said and done. I think there are other options that, and I think the Colts would be willing to invest money into a guy like this that would truly be the number one corner. And that is Marshawn Lattimore. Marshawn Lattimore from the Saints. I heard they're all saying that they really don't expect to get rid of him because he is their number one corner. But the guy is a top-tier corner, in my opinion. He's going to be worth quite a bit of money, and he is the number one guy. You know, they're they're struggling with money right now, and, you know, the Colts willing to take some money away from the Saints and give them a first and maybe a third or fourth to add on to it, you know, and be able to find their true number one corner. I think Marshawn Lattimore could really be that guy. Yeah, there's been years in the NFL where Marshawn Lattimore has shown that he can be a top five to ten corner in the NFL. Um, and the only thing that, to me, that kind of puts me off on it, um, first of all, the compensation will be high. Um, it'll probably be mm-hmm. a first-round pick. Maybe if they can't get that from somebody, they'll take a second. Um, that, that to me, I don't think Boward will do after already trading a pick for Wentz um, for the future and now. Um, secondly, um, he's a guy who I think does most of his best work in man coverage. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's another big thing for me is that in this defense currently, um, and which we're probably only going to see one more year, um, at least Eberflus's scheme, um, and we may try to hire somebody after Eberflus gets a head coaching job that I expect to be next off season. And like most do um, maybe um, they'll stay, they'll go towards a more man route. But currently I think Lattimore is best used in a man heavy scheme. Um, I mean, if you just go watch him play against Mike Evans, all the times they've went at each other, um, Lattimore 
makes Mike Evans look useless almost every time. For whatever reason, Lattimore has Mike Evans' number, um, and he does that in man coverage. Yes. Yeah, and, and honestly, like I think that's – you know, obviously you're right that he's more of a man coverage guy. He likes to go one-on-ones with anyone, but I think that would just still, again, be great – as an option for, you know, if you want to be able to hold somebody one-on-ones and say, go shut this receiver down. Marshawn Lattimore is one of the few guys in the league that has shown consistently that he can do that amongst some of the best wide receivers in the game. I mean, he, he talks a, a big game too. I think he fits in the, in the locker room really well. Cause he's, he's a, he's a trash talker and he lets it be known. I think that's what's great about him is he brings an energy to the defense that, we normally don't see, but that that's just I think, one of the hypotheticals. I think that's the emotion and nature that the whole Saints defense plays with. Um, yes. I mean, he's probably that's just probably the best fit now. Cap wise, like you said, they're going to have to make a lot of moves. Um, I would expect that they don't that he's not one of them. I think he's too yeah. good. Um, and I mean, hey, cap space troubles is probably one of the most overrated things in sports because every year there is a team that is in crazy cap hell and they find a way out. Yeah, I mean, sixty-four million. <laughs> sixty-four. Hey, it's, a, it's, it's a it's a big hole, but I'm just it's saying, a big big hole. Come March seventeenth, it'll be gone somehow, some way. They'll have worked magic. It won't make sense because they just restructured <laughs> so many guys. It happens all the times. The Rams have done it a few times over the past couple of years. Teams always find a way. Yeah, and, and the Saints have been notorious over the last few years of finding ways to somehow figure out their cap problem, but I mean, guy can only dream, but let's talk about some of these actual free agents. And the one name that immediately comes to mind is Patrick Peterson, the cornerback from Arizona. Uh, this guy, you know, again, even at the age of 31 continues to show why he's still a potential top tier corner in the league played all 16 games last year for Arizona. Uh, over about 1,100 snaps, had 61 tackles and three interceptions on the year. You know, he's been, you know, their best coverage guy in Arizona for the past, I don't know how many years now. I mean, Patrick Peterson has been the guy. I mean, I don't know how much people will be willing to pay him just due to the fact that he is now 31 years old. But again, if you could get this guy on a, on a relatively good contract, I, I could check his market value, see what the what uh, spot track has him at, but the calculated market value for him is around ten and a half million, which I honestly think that the Colts would probably come pretty close to being able to spend on a guy like Patrick Peterson. Again, another veteran, but a good veteran. He's shown some consistency there, and just another model for the young guys in the secondary. Until you find the true option at corner, uh, Patrick Peterson could really be a good option here. Yeah, so I mean, Patrick Peterson's been a guy in the NFL who's had a lot of success, was drafted um, early, um, played early, and has just had success really since he's started in the league. Um, and the biggest thing for me, I guess, I think he's usually a slot guy. I mean, he's versatile. He's played a little bit of both, um, but over 60% of his snaps last year were in the slot. So, I mean, that, that's the first thing that pops off in my head. Um, and don't quote me on that. That's just off of like a little bit of research I did on him myself. Um, so that could be completely wrong. But from what I've seen, over 60% of his snaps came in the slot. Um, and 
I just don't think that's where we need a guy right now. We need a guy to go out and play on the outside. Um, I think we have a few guys that can really play in the slot really well. And the Colts like Isaiah Rogers, and I think he's a guy that is going to get a little bit more work in the slot as mm-hmm. a as that first guy off the bench too. Um, so that that's a big thing against it for Peterson. The other thing is the thing about Peterson is his biggest strength has always been his speed. I mean, he was a return man for a long time but until he got a little bit older. And when that is your primary strength, that usually fades before a lot of other things um, when you when you're growing in age. Um, so I don't know if I would go after Peterson as much as say other guys have been up there for. Um, but he's a really great veteran. I think he'd be a great guy for the locker room. Um, so I mean we'll see what they do there. Um, but I would go ahead and say no. Gotcha. Well, let's talk about another name here that a lot of people have been very, very high on this guy coming in because he's young. He's coming from a defense that was historically bad last year, so you wouldn't have to worry about paying him very much. And, you know, again, market value, not very high for him right now, but that is Shaquille Griffin, cornerback from Seattle. 26 years old, 63 tackles last year, three interceptions. I don't believe spot tracks market value here, which says 11 million, which I don't believe that there's somebody that's going to spend 11 million on Shaquille. I mean, I definitely could see near 10 million for a couple uh teams that maybe want to bring him in, but I'm not seeing over 10 million for Shaquille. And if you're going to be able to spend eight, $9 million on a corner and get a for sure guy, that's going to start, then Shaquille might be the answer here. Yeah. So, I mean, Shaq Griffin is a guy that I hadn't watched a lot of um, until I'm a guy that most of you guys follow. uh, Zach Hicks had really started upping the usage of his name, saying that he'd really liked what he's seen from him. So I went and watched his tape and he's a guy that when you start watching his tape, it's hard to stop watching. Um, he's a, he's a guy who uses his instincts and plays really well with his hands. Um, honestly, I think he's my favorite guy out of this cornerback class, um, to come through here. If we could okay. make a, if we could make a move. Um, I mean, people, some people are against me on this. Um, but if you offered me Xavier Rhodes or Shaquille Griffin at the same number, I, I'm taking Shaquille Griffin. Um, I like his age. Um, I like his ability that I think he can be a number one corner throughout the entirety of the contract he gets signed to this offseason. And that's a big deal for me. Gotcha. I mean, yeah, Shaq Griffin's name has just been rising in the uh, cornerback class for sure. Let's talk about some other names here. Why don't we go ahead and just – I'll let you have the floor here with Butler. Just just tell – because there's a couple of Colts fans, I'm sure, that have said Malcolm Butler would be a great investment. Now, granted, he did have 100 tackles and had four interceptions this last year, so he was productive when he was playing in stat-wise. But why don't you go ahead and tell us why you think that may or may not be a great idea? Yeah, I mean, Malcolm Butler, um, when you watch him in coverage last year, was not good. Um, he was very, very bad. Um, there's a reason that there has not been one Titans fan come out saying, man, I'm very upset that we saved $10 million cutting <laughs> Malcolm Butler. Um, that's just not a thing right now. He wasn't good last year, and it, he wasn't good on a bad Titans defense. Um, so, 
I mean, you could use that as an excuse if you want that the rest of the defense around him wasn't great. So maybe he was set up to fail. Um, I think he's a guy that, I mean, we see it all the time with the Patriots dynasty over the past decade and a half where they've had pretty productive guys um, on their defense, on their offense, get that big contract elsewhere and then just not be that great elsewhere. Um, and he was another example for him. I remember when people wanted him to come here last time and um, there were reports that the Colts were interested. I was glad that he didn't come here. Um, and throughout watching him with Tennessee, I was even more glad. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely a different player than what he was when he was with the Patriots, for sure. So, Destin, you can correct me here if you think I'm wrong. I am not high on A.J. Boye being 30 years old, did not play much last year, had some circumstances surrounding him. Me personally, for a guy that a lot of people say is going to be commanding $10-plus there's a lot of question marks surrounding A.J. Boye that make me question making that kind of move for him. So it's always troublesome to me when a guy struggles after leaving a situation of being a – because he was really solid with Jacksonville as the number two to Jalen Ramsey. Um, He ends up getting moved after Ramsey gets moved um, to Denver where he's asked to really step up and be the number one. Um, and he's just not been the same player. I think he's still been productive, um, but he's just not been the same player he was those years in Jacksonville. So, I mean, that's a big thing. Um, I believe it was either last year or the year before he had a suspension. Um, because yeah, it was. Of, yeah, come out. EDs um, and stuff, yeah. So, I mean, so that's always something you have to look into as well. I mean, I'm always anti um, those cheating scandal type players, but, I mean, there's always different uh, things that come out about – I mean, the thing about the NFL is there is a lot of banned substances, a lot. Yes. Um, I mean, in recent memory, Robert Mathis got suspended a while back. I was about to point um, that out. And it was over him and his wife were trying to conceive a child. Yes. Um, And, I mean, everyone can say that, I mean, you don't believe that and everything like that. But they did conceive a child, like, two weeks after the suspension came out. They they were pregnant. So, I mean, to me, that added up. I mean, it's it's hard to rush having a baby and being pregnant like that um, in two weeks. And it sucks, too, because he was given a – he was given what he thought was a credible opinion from a doctor that said this was not part of the banned list. Sure enough, there just happened to be one ingredient in there that was not – legal for the NFL's sake and that just happened to screw him over so yeah that's that's always tough so I mean I'd have to look more into what the suspension was about to like make an actual judgment on his character or anything like that I don't know anything about that to attack that um but I don't think he's the number one corner in the NFL and I might be you can call me picky I guess but that that's what I think the biggest need for the Colts is right now gotcha well what about Desmond Trufant 31 years old out of Detroit, only played in six games last year, but you know, had 20 tackles, had one sack and a QB hit and had an interception. You know, Trufant's been a name that a lot of people have really talked about a lot over the last couple of years. What about a guy like Trufant? Yeah, so I mean, he, he's one of the guys that gets cut during this, uh, what Pat McAfee's calling the massacre week. Um, of, yep. guy, of teams just trying to respond to the cap going down as significantly as it has. 
I don't think he's the answer, um, being that number one corner type. Uh, if you can hear my dog in the background, I apologize, oh, everyone. <laughs> um, obviously, we're at home and my dog is nuts. Um, but um, I just don't think Trufant's a number one corner in the NFL. Um, I could be wrong again, but I think he's a guy who also plays significant snaps in the slot area. Um, for that reason, I'd be out. Gotcha. Well, since we're on the topics of what ifs, what about a guy like Richard Sherman? There is obviously a question about his age. He's up there, 33 years old. You know, you, you wouldn't keep him around for many years. But, you know, for the system in which the Colts like to play, which is the zone coverage, that fits perfectly into what Richard Sherman is able to play. So he makes perfect sense to maybe do what you did with Xavier Rhodes. You give him a better, almost a veteran's minimum contract to, or like a five to $6 million contract and say, come, come help this team out. Come help be that vocal voice there. And, you know, Richard Sherman's a very smart guy, very smart, graduated from Stanford. So, you know, he's smart and, you know, he fits that kind of vocal guy. That's a leader in the locker room, just like what that defense really could use I mean, there's a lot of guys like that on that defense currently. I think he fits right into it. So, you know, it, it as a personality and the way he fits into the scheme, I think it makes perfect sense, especially if you're going to get him for, you know, only a couple million. But does he want to do that, though? Yeah, I mean, I, I doubt he's going to sign a veterans minimum type contract or the five to six. I think he's going to get money wherever he goes. Um, I do think if I was Richard Sherman, you need to go somewhere where zone heavy is the primary defensive scheme because I think he even had really good reps last year when he was asked to play zone. Um, the time that I think he struggled um, last year was when he was asked to play in man coverage and he was asked to cover a specific player um, instead of the area on the field. So if I'm Richard Sherman, I'm definitely going somewhere like the Colts. Now, the only situation is I think his leadership skills, his football IQ is going to be enough to warrant him a bigger contract than many probably expect. Um, mm -hmm. And, I, he, I mean, I doubt he goes ring chasing. He's already won a Super Bowl. Um, so, I mean, this is probably his last contract anyway before he calls it a career. Um, mm -hmm. So, I mean, I mean, who knows where his mindset on it is. Um, I doubt it's Indianapolis, even though I think the scheme is a really good fit, like you said, um, just because I think he will end up getting more than Indianapolis is willing to give on the market. Well, and what about a guy, his teammate, actually, Jason Verrett, 30 years old, you know, and he was – near the bottom when it comes to earnings in 2020 was only really getting paid like one or 2 million. So a guy that towards the end of the season for San Francisco, a year where San Francisco's defense was slaughtered on the front end for a lot of, for a lot of injuries, uh, Verrett played a lot of the games and had 60 tackles with two interceptions. I mean, Verrett, I think, you know, coming off of a stellar end of the year, I think maybe it's a worth a, a small investment, to be honest. Yeah, Verrett's always been a guy who's been super talented when he's able to be on the field. His talent has always been there. Um, he's just always struggled with being healthy. I'm super excited for him to be able to finish last year like he did, playing at a high level. Um, I think he's back in San Francisco. I think, I think they know Richard Sherman's gone, so I think they're going to make sure they keep him. Um, but, I mean, he's a guy that – 
I think um, could do well here. Um, I just think he'll warrant more money, um, exactly similar to what I said about Richard Sherman, basically. Um, but I think Verrett is in a whole different tier of talent than I think Richard Sherman is right now. Gotcha. Um, let me look at some other names here. You think Bashad Breland, cornerback from Kansas City, you think he's uh, going to stay in Kansas City, or you think he's going to try his luck somewhere else? I hope he doesn't come to Indianapolis. I do not watch. I do not like watching Breland play personally. Okay. Um, he, he, he's a guy who struggled to stay on the field, whether it was injuries or suspension area stuff. Um, but um, I would definitely not bring him here. I, I'm not a big fan of his uh, when he's asked to cover multiple spaces in, in, in a scheme. Um, I just think he is not a good fit to come in and be a number one. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I kind of am a little bit of the same opinion. I do not necessarily love uh, Breland when it comes to things like that. Another name that uh, comes to mind is Quentin Dunbar, another cornerback from uh, the Seattle Seahawks. You know, he had that whole issue at the beginning of the year um, with that whole legal issue. He was acquitted of all those. It was proven that he had nothing to do with it. So uh, that was, that's good that they were able to clear that up. But uh, again, another guy that I think, you know, low end kind of value, they say market value is around seven or 8 million. Honestly, I think that could potentially be a little high. I think Quentin Dunbar is another name that you could potentially bring in for a, a role piece if you were wanting to potentially do that. Yeah, I mean, Dunbar a couple of years ago, um, I want to say it was in Washington, was solid, was able to go in. He, he, he was asked to be their number one at times, and he did so at a high level. Um, my, my, my co-host, Michael Tarazis uh, from Colts Brawl, loves Quentin Dunbar. He, he wants him to be an Indianapolis Colt more than he wants Shaq Griffin to be an Indianapolis Colt. Um, I, don't, I don't agree with him there, um, but I, I do think Dunbar's a guy who, like you said, is going to warrant less money on the market. Um, so, I mean, he, 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 tend, he seems like a guy that I could see um, being a good fit to a Ballard-type level um, where he can get him on a cheaper deal and he's going to be able to play him on both sides on the outside and pretty much know he's going to be at least usable um, there. I would rather him be a number two than a number one and, as a cornerback, though. All right. I think the last name I'll mention to you before we get off of this is a guy that I've – you know, thought about quite a bit. I kind of wanted him from before when he was, I think he was actually with, yeah, he was with uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars and that is Sidney Jones. That's an interesting name for me. I I think that he shows a lot of promise uh, this last season. Only played nine games, but had 26 tackles, two interceptions, only 25 years old. So one of the younger corners in this whole branch and, was getting paid less than a million from before due to his contract. So I think this could be another potential option to, you know, nurse that guy into the role. Yeah. So Sidney Jones is a guy that um, I was actually at the draft um, when he fell um, in Philadelphia. Um, 
he fell via injury issues and things like that, which I mean, ended up being pretty warranted. He struggled to stay healthy with his time in Philadelphia, um, which is what led him to being cut. Um, but I wanted to draft him in the second round of that draft. I thought he was a very special talent when he's able to stay healthy. Um, I think he showed that in Jacksonville last year. I mean, he got cut from Philadelphia and pretty much got playing time in Jacksonville immediately getting called up from their practice squad. Really? Um, I, I think he's a guy that, will be cheap. I think he can play on the outside. Um, I would not be shocked if this is a guy that Ballard go out, goes out and gets on a cheap minimum deal um, just so he can be able to play in a defense that's pretty solid already so he can get his feet wet a little bit more in the NFL. Um, but I wouldn't but if you but if you go that route, you still definitely have to sign another guy. Yeah, I agree with that. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for the corners. Everyone let us know what you think in the comments. Is there somebody we missed? Do you guys think that there's a, a good option there amongst the guys we discussed? Once again, I want to thank Destin for coming on and talking corners with me. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. And also thank you guys again for 6,000 subscribers. Really appreciate everyone that has continued to make BTJ Nation a household name when it comes to the Indianapolis Colts outside media. We really appreciate every single one of you that continues to watch our videos, uh, our members of our great channel, and just continue to show support. We do it for you guys, and we absolutely love the support you guys give back. Thank you so much for tuning in as always. Yeah.